What up, what up? It is Friday. Thank the Lord, right? Yeah. Like, this, honestly, like, it just feels like – I know that you could sit here and say, and maybe I'm wrong, right, but the, my perception of Fridays have changed certainly during the pandemic. But, I, you know, the further and further we get into this thing, and I think hopefully we are reaching a point where we are closer and closer to it being in the rearview mirror, I, I just feel like, you know, after a week – of work and stuff and kids and everything that's going on and like I just need to unwind in some way shape or form so I am I have found myself looking forward to Fridays again recently because it's like what else do we have to look forward to right now yeah it's been a it's you know it's funny we say it's been a long year but we don't necessarily qualify it as a year a calendar year like 2020 because we're now another, you know, 45, 50 days into 2021. Right. And, and the days are longer or so it feels. And I know I feel like I get more done than ever before because I never really leave my house. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like it seemed like Wednesdays and Sundays didn't matter anymore. But now it's Friday. And all I want to do is like, let's get to seven o'clock. Let's have a beer. I don't know, LZ, maybe you've already got something picked out for 7 o'clock tonight? <laughs> you know, I'm listening to you guys, and there's a part of me like going, I need some of that. I need some of this Friday you speak of. Yeah. But because I'm like juggling all these jobs all the time, Friday doesn't mean anything to me no more than Sunday or Tuesday because I'm going to be working. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, it's, so I'm just like, Friday, I'm like going, okay, Friday, I don't have to be on air the next day for right. radio. Mm-hmm. So that is a reprieve. But I'm sitting back like going, damn, that must be nice. Yeah, it, it is a little bit of a reprieve, uh, at least, right? Like, I, you know, sometimes, you know, in a normal world, I'd probably have a game on a Saturday or a Sunday, right. you know, but that that isn't the case. Travel is a little limited at the moment. So, uh, yeah, so I am taking advantage of it because I never really haven't or I haven't really had Fridays as a thing for a while. Uh, so yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I will say this. Uh, I feel like Laker fans got into a little uh, drinking a little early uh, this week. And that was after watching yesterday's performance. Now, LZ, mm-hmm. before I get to the Lakers part of this, okay, you have been a uh, staunch critic of said Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you have been on the Milwaukee Bucks bandwagon uh, in the Eastern Conference. How do you feel now? Granted, uh, you know, both teams were missing guys. Uh, but do you feel any different after watching them play the Lakers and, and dominate them the way they did even without AD and Dennis Schroeder? I feel as if the Bucks are still the team to beat coming out of the East. Um, I don't feel as if we learn a great deal about yesterday in terms of the two teams, but we certainly learn a great deal about two people. And that might be good enough. Because and those two people are who? LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's yeah. real drama there still. I told there's, you. I there's told real drama you. there. You did tell me. I'm taking the big old L on this because I I really thought that you know what, he's almost forty. He's king of the world. What does he care what his former teammate says way back out east, who's floundering around trying to make sense of the world? Apparently, he cares. Yeah. A world that like he it. at one point uh, tried to troll us to tell us it was flat. Let's not forget that. Part. Yeah, that's that's true. That is true. That's true. Yeah, but like apparently, it, he cares. I like it. And- I like that LeBron doesn't shake hands. I like that he doesn't walk up to him and fist bump him. I like that he doesn't say something like, "Hey, you know, you guys are here first time we're seeing each other this season. Like, it's all good. Let's be pros." No, no. There's like 
real venom between those two. And I'll just say this. I like it. Oh, a, a little old-fashioned sports hate, you know, amongst athletes is a good thing, I think, for sure. Like, I, I think it's what sells. Like, I'll never forget Kobe and Shaq playing the first time on Christmas. Like, that – you. You could cut the tension with a knife, you know what I'm saying, in the building and just all across the country as everyone was tuning in for that. And now I don't think people felt that way going into this one, but I think because the Nets won, because this mattered to the Nets more, because Kyrie took a shot at LeBron, and for people that don't know what we're talking about, so LeBron was at the free throw line, right? And then LeBron missed a free throw, and the cameras caught Kyrie saying, this is y'all's best free throw shooter? Laura, do yeah. we have the sound? Yeah, because- it's a, just a little bit more background. It's, it was a technical foul shot, so they could pick who shot the free throw. Right. Right. And they chose LeBron. Correct. That's an excellent right. point, LZ. Yeah, thank so you we'll, we'll hear Kevin, Kevin Harlan, who did the game yesterday, but listen carefully for Kyrie in the background. Laura tried to boost it, see if we can hear it. Go ahead. Dylan Horton Tucker, along with Harold James, Kuzma all on the floor for the Lakers. Irving, the only starter on the floor right now for the Nets with the illegal D, the defensive three second. And so we will uh, have Mawaru Cabrero, DeAndre Jordan, Tyler Johnson. So you can yeah, barely make it out. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, but I'm telling you, as you were watching that game yesterday, it was clear as day when he said yeah. that. And it was all over social media. So Kyrie is looking to stir it up, LZ. He, he is looking to stir it up. And, you know, it's really funny because, like, one, we all know that the Nets were hot shooting and the Lakers were cold shooting. Um, and that made all the difference, right? The three-point shooting was essentially the, the, the difference in the game. Two, it was clear that once they started to build their lead, LeBron decided to assert himself, and he couldn't get over the hump because he couldn't get enough momentum going in terms of stops to, to get over the hump. And that was obviously was frustrating for him. But three, James Harden enjoyed it too. Right. James Harden, he wasn't as vocal, mm-hmm. but you could see him celebrating with KD, who was off to the side, and the cameras did a fantastic job of making sure they got plenty of shots of KD. This is all about taking down LeBron. Yes. And they are openly celebrating, sensing that they are prepared to do that. And I don't know if LeBron feels that if we had AD and Schroeder, the outcome would have been different. I don't know if he feels, yo, they were really knocking down that shot. We may need one more shooter. I don't know. But one thing is clear. That Nets team, if they get to the finals, they're not motivated by the championship. They want to take out LeBron. Right. I think, that's, I think that is so right on. First of all, let me just start off by saying this. Was last night a big deal? Was, was losing this game a big deal? I don't think so. Had they won the game, would I have said it's a big deal to win a game like that? Probably so. But I don't think it's, it's kind of a glorified exhibition in the middle of the season right before this break that they've got coming up. And you don't have AD, and Schroeder at the last second isn't going to play. So for me, not a monster deal. But I do think, LZ, what you're saying is right on. Winning a championship is one thing. But taking over the league, we put together three guys. Kyrie hates his guts, won't give him eye contact, won't shake his hand, and then taunts him, okay? And then, and then KD's sitting on the side celebrating like they just won game seven of the championship. 
and Harden's enjoying himself too. Taking down LeBron, and I'm glad you said it, is, is more of the, the motivation than just championship alone. Listen, LZ, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, I was, I was just going to say quickly, it is, but they need to be careful because the Clippers were just like them a year ago. Mm-hmm. They wanted to own L.A., they wanted to run L.A. L.A. was our town. We're going to show LeBron and those fakers who really runs this town. And they were so focused in on that and getting this branding out that they didn't even make it to, like, the semifinal or the, or, or the, or the finals of the conference. So I know Brooklyn wants to take down LeBron. But if they stay too focused on the Lakers, they can get got because there's a lot of teams out there in the East – that are talented, that can beat them four times. I know people think I sound crazy after what we saw last night. Last night was an anomaly. They were just hot as hell and what now you can do about it. Yeah. They cooled off a little bit in the second half, and that's when you started to see them chip away at that lead. So I don't foresee them shooting like that this entire run for the rest of the regular season into the postseason. So they can't get got if they're not focused in on the opponent in front of them and not get ahead of themselves being so hungry to take out LeBron. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets have shot 49% from three on their West Coast trip. Um, that, that, that is pretty damn impressive. That's uh, hot. Ridiculous. And, That's and, hot. And, and here, here's what I would say, um, LZ. I, I think they're going to be big, big players in the, play, in the buyout market. I think that somebody's going to want to go there, particularly a big man. Um, I think the Lakers are going to be in business for a big man. But to your earlier point, think about the history of these guys and LeBron. Kevin Durant. Right? Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant loses an NBA Finals in 2012 to LeBron James. Okay? He was young or whatever. And then I want to say a year or two later, uh, there was a Sports Illustrated article uh, from Kevin Durant who said, quote, I'm tired of being number two. Okay? And that was his kind of foray to saying, I want to be number one. And honestly, it should have been a precursor for us to realize that he probably was going to jump to the Warriors uh, <laughs> shortly thereafter. So then he goes to the Warriors. He wins a couple of championships. He beats LeBron, okay? Mm-hmm. And then he's not satisfied with that because the reaction that he got, he thought, okay? Kevin Durant believed this, Scott Nelsey, that when he went – to Golden State that much like eventually it flipped with LeBron where he was the villain and then eventually he won people over again because they were so fun to watch because they lost that first year and they had to take all the beating that everybody gave them after losing to the Mavericks. They then became this thing that we do in, in the world, which is build people up to uh, you know, bring them down to then rebuild them again, right? And, right? and that was the LeBron story, right? And the arc. And Kevin Durant did not get that. Kevin Durant did not get that satisfaction of being rebuilt. Um, now, there are Kevin Durant fans. I'm not saying that. But he still took a lot of grief. So he was like, the hell with that. I'm leaving uh, Golden State to go to Brooklyn. And now he's teaming up with his guys doing it his way. And I don't know if he's regained some of those people. But there is clearly an issue. Like, there is a competitive thing between KD and LeBron, and that's that's fairly obvious. Yeah. Harden, on the other hand, has also been eliminated a ton of times. Um, you know, it, it, historically, he lost to LeBron in that finals, right? Then he lost to LeBron again uh, in the playoffs last year. So he's tired of it. And Kyrie, we, we've already discussed Kyrie, right? Like enough right. where we know that there are some issues there between those two. So, Scott, Elsie's right. Like this is like the – 
triumvirate of dudes that are like, right. if we just team up, we team will up. finally get we'll his take ass. Him down. We'll take yeah. him. LeBron right. haters, people who call LeBron things like Lestat James or LaFlop James, the, the LeBron haters are usually the KD lovers, and they would tell you that the real king is KD. And if I'm KD, look, I've made a lot of money. I've won championships. I'm, I'm, I'm good. But what, where the only thing that's not good for me is, is that generationally speaking, LeBron James is a massive ecosystem and economy unto himself. Correct. And Kevin Durant is a great basketball player and a star, but he's not what LeBron James is. He's, he's not. I mean, like Kevin's got a lot going on in his own right. Um, it just isn't as covered or as celebrated as LeBron's. And then there's just a simple caveat is Kevin Durant is a better scorer than LeBron James, but LeBron James is the better basketball player. And he doesn't like that. He wants to be considered the best in the world. And there are some who consider KD the best player in the NBA. I don't. I don't because I know he can't run a team the way that LeBron James can. He can score all day long, but he can't run a team like LeBron. He can't run an offense like LeBron can. He doesn't really have that skill set at that level that LeBron has. When it comes to James Harden, and you remember yesterday I said that Bradley Beal is a better player, it's because Bradley Beal is just more efficient. He's able to do his work with half the touches and, 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 and a higher percentage of field goal percentage and the defense aspect of it. Now, I know that he certainly is playing better defense now, to your point, George, but there's so much tape on him, it's hard for me to shake that image of him not giving a damn for so long. Yeah. So, so there's, there's so many narratives here, but at the end of the day, they're all trying to be Osaka. They're all trying to be Mahomes. They're all trying to be the, the, the Kingslayer. And the problem for them is that unlike some of those other examples, LeBron is still in his prime. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take all three of them to beat a healthy Lakers squad. And I'm still not convinced, even though what happened yesterday was, you know, disappointing for Laker fans. It was disappointing for me seeing them hit those shots and watching us miss wide open threes all night long. But I also know that's an anomaly, that those two things were even out. And once they do face, if they do face in a series, I just have a hard time believing that squad is going to beat this Laker team four times. Yeah, Can I just I, tell you guys one other thing real quick? Just, yeah. you, know, you know how like last night was supposed to be a really big deal? You know, potential finals preview. And then it became just a, a hair less exciting when AD wasn't going to be able to play and then KD wasn't going to play. It just took a level down and then Schroeder right before the game. The other part of it is this. I'm telling you guys, and I may be alone in this, but I don't think I am. The fact that the fans are not there. The fact that the arena is I not jam-packed yeah, with yeah. celebrities and a buzz and the announcers are courtside and you can feel the energy as a viewer on television. The, the game, yeah, the injuries definitely set it back, but watching it, the excitement level, for me, viewer, not there. Yeah, I, I think that does play a role, particularly on a night like that where you're, you're anticipating a big matchup, right? Like, I do think that that... The energy of the building certainly is something that 
uh, is lacking uh, in a matchup like that specifically. All right, we're going to talk to Jesse Washington of the Undefeated uh, about this game and some more. And talking about a documentary that he helped. Did he help produce it, LZ? I know it was the he, Undefeated's documentary, right? He, this is his first uh, documentary that he was a producer on. Okay, awesome. And, so we'll- And he's talking smack about my bounce. Okay, so we'll find out why he's talking smack about your bounce. We'll find out what he thought thinks about the game yesterday, and obviously we'll ask him about his first documentary, uh, The March on Washington, uh, produced by himself. He's part of the Undefeated here at ESPN, and it was on Nat Geo and available on Hulu. So we'll talk to him about all that stuff in about three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedano LZ and Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. By the way, at 5 o'clock, Andrew Friedman, the president of URLA Dodgers, is going to join us. Before that, at 4.30, in about 14 minutes, we're going to give you a chance to win 360 bucks. If you haven't registered for that, text the word MISSION, that's M-I-S-S-I-O-N, to this number, 40705. So... We were talking about the game last night. We will do some of that with our friend Jesse Washington of The Undefeated. Um, He also produced his first documentary, The March on Washington, which is streaming now on Hulu. We'll discuss that with him as well. But first, we got to talk to him about this tweet that's out there when LZ was doing his workout video, which I just, I didn't even realize there was an LZ workout video out there on social media right now. I'm going to give you credit, LZ. First of all, I'm impressed with your uh, equipment, number one. Number two, I'm impressed with your choice of workout. I know for me, when I work out at home, I just wind up getting on a Peloton, and that's it. Like, it just becomes <laughs> standard every day. I'm impressed with what you're doing right now, LZ. Well, I'm just trying to keep it with Jesse. Right. I'm just trying to keep it with Jesse. So, Jesse, you threw some shade at him and his bounce. Of course because he, did. he was. He, 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 what, what's going on there, Jesse? <laughs> Well, you know, you got to take it back to the defeats that I handed uh, my man LZ on the oh, basketball court some years well, I ago. Hear you know, about so this. I got a, I got a reputation, I got a status that I got to maintain. But let me say I, this: I was a young KD. No, you got me early. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. Enough respect for the box jumps. Like that's legit. I mm-hmm. see you, bro. You out there working it like, like your boy said, and not, a lot of people don't have the heart for that. So that's what's up. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, I'm a word guy. I'm a writer. And we have words that have meaning. And that word bounce in basketball terms is usually measured relative to where you're at compared with the rim. I didn't see a rim in the picture. I'm just waiting. So I'm not ruling out the bounce. There's a pandemic. You want me to risk my life just to prove to you that my hops are still true. Hit the playground, bro. You know how it is. Come on, man. I mean, (laughs) let us see what's really good. Nah, man, but for real, for real, LZ got some game. And for all of us in the, in the approximately 50 set, you know, he's, he's definitely in the top percentage of that. So um, enough respect to LZ and his box jump workout. But, but does it work, LZ? So, I mean, I'm kind of here also with, with Jesse. I'd like to see what you got. Um, can, you, can you still get up and dunk or not? I haven't dunked in years. Um, I really haven't dunked since I broke my ankle. Um, but I can still touch the rim. I think it's more psychosomatic or like more of a mental thing than a physical thing. 
because I broke my ankle dunking. And so I'm always like a little hesitant now, especially when I'm in a crowd trying to catch a body. Yep. See, Do we I have, have a video that of that. That's what I want to know. Do we have um, video of LZ breaking his ankle while dunking? No, no, <laughs> we don't. We don't have that. But I'll tell you this, Jesse. Before before we move on here, uh, we had Martin Jarman on uh, the AD at UCLA who who came to UCLA this past year in 2020. Um, you know, he's a former Division One college basketball player. Like he played on a team that won a tournament game. He is 41, so several years younger than LZ. And LZ's still so confident in his game that he challenged him to a one-on-one once the pandemic is over. That's because LZ's a real hooper. I mean, my man, you know, I mean, box jumps, that's why he's on the box jump, to make sure that when the pandemic is up, he's ready and none of these young cats are going to creep up on him. So I see you. Let him know, man. Let him know, bro. Let him know. I'm just doing the best I can to hold on to the little bit that I got. (laughs) So Jesse, tell us, tell us about this documentary. Um, Tell us how you got involved. Uh, The March on Washington keepers of the dream. Um, It it was on Nat Geo yesterday. It's streaming on Hulu now. Like tell us for those that haven't got a chance to see it yesterday. What is it about? How'd you get involved, et cetera? Right. Well, we've just seen a historic reinvention of the civil rights movement. The summer of 2020 saw millions of people around the world take to the streets. And we really wanted to put that in context. How does that connect back to the original March on Washington in 1963? We had another March on Washington in 2020. There is so much wrapped up in that in terms of the treatment of African-Americans in this country. Historically and today, some things have not changed. How did we get from there to here? And so that's what we set out to do with the documentary. It's a collaboration between the Undefeated and National Geographic. This is all our corporate partners. And your boy LZ was kind enough to appear in our documentary and offer some very incisive commentary about the role of mass incarceration and the role on drugs and the war on drugs in perpetuating a negative image of black men. So thank you, LZ, for participating in the doc. And it is streaming on Hulu right now. Is all my pleasure, man. It was more than honored to be a part. Can you you spend a little time talking about how the role of athletes in this movement has changed from the first March in Washington till last season? Absolutely. You know, I think athletes have always been at the forefront of the struggle. We did have some lean years there in the 80s. But, you know, nowadays athletes have more leverage than they have before. They have more influence. We have former athletes owning teams, you know, and we have athletes worth billions of dollars. And so I think that that's really provided them a platform and an access that they haven't had before. Jesse, let me um, ask you about something that's a little off the beaten path, but I still think related. I read your piece about high school football players in Virginia not being able to play and without the structure in their life, what it was doing to these kids in underserved communities. Just today in California, it was announced that high school football is going to start coming back literally a week from now. So this whole group in, in, uh, of coaches banded together and went to the governor and finally convinced him that high school football had been played around the country. Not here, not in Virginia where you had done this piece. Talk to me about that and what has happened to those kids. Oh, man. So this is such an important topic, and it's widely overlooked, you know, because sports for so many young people in middle school and high school is about structure. It's about guidance. It's about being in a group that encourages them to do better, 
a lot of kids, their primary motivation for doing their homework is so they will remain eligible for their sports team. And their coaches are our mentors, their supervisors. They love them. And this is what has been missing for uncountable number of kids in the pandemic. So I focused on Norfolk, Virginia, but that can easily translate to places like California. And I think there were about 11 states that didn't have football this fall. That's thousands and thousands of kids without a really badly needed structure in their lives, especially underprivileged kids who may not have that at home. So that's really what we're dealing with. I'm glad that California is getting back on the field. Yeah, me too. So, Jesse, let's we, – we, obviously the documentary, for those that haven't seen it, please make sure you check it out. It's on Hulu. Um, so let me ask you this. Since we started talking about LZ's game, um, let's finish talking some hoop here. LZ is not sold on the Brooklyn Nets as a real title threat. Obviously, yesterday's matchup without Anthony Davis and even Dennis Schroeder is not a prototypical matchup against the Lakers. But how do you view the Lakers in their current situation, and how do you view the Brooklyn Nets? I'm worried about the Lakers. I like the Lakers. I was really happy to see them win the chip last year. But, man, these Nets have this type of offense that it's the offense that is no offense. It's three of the premier bucket getters in the history of this game. Like, and, and I don't really know how you stop that if you're the Lakers, even at full strength. You know, I mean, I, I just – it's t- and I like the Lakers. I would be rooting for them in a series against the Brooklyn Nets. You know, I'm from Brooklyn, but I'm not really sold on the Nets. That's a whole other story um, related to their trying to glom onto my man Biggie Small's legacy. Uh, Mrs. Wallace better be getting some some uh, reparations for for all of them. Coogee on the jerseys. But I just think that what you saw last night was even the depleted Nets without their best player are still, you know, a handful. And I don't really know how the Lakers match up with that. What do you think, LZ? I really feel that the presence of Anthony Davis in small ball changes everything that we witnessed. And that the Lakers, and I've been saying this for a long time, Jesse, and the guys know this too, that during free agency, I felt that we needed another big man. And I still feel that way. But when we play small ball and Anthony Davis is the big man and LeBron James is the second big man, it's just really hard to beat us. And while KD was missing... KD still isn't a de facto big man for them in a small ball in a small ball scenario because he doesn't play like that. So I'm just sort of like, I get it. They shot the ball well. We shot the ball poorly. The Lakers got blown out. Understood. I saw no one could handle LeBron. We know no one on that squad can handle AD. But on the defensive side of the ball, when they play small ball, it's just going to be different than what they experienced this go round because of the presence of Anthony Davis. I also need to point out that Jesse's got mad game, and he did beat me in one finals, but I was hungover. Okay, go ahead, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) And let me point out out that uh, not only am I still dunking, but I'm 51 years old. I got the birthday dunk on Instagram if you want to see it. I do. I do. I want to see it. You know, Jesse John Washington, Instagram, check it out. But, you know, here's the thing, man. It looks like that the Lakers and the Nets, the game, if it comes down to a shootout, man, you know, it's problematic. Like it comes down to a shootout, it's problematic because those guys, I mean, you know, say what you will about their psyche and their personality and, and their propensity for burning state, sage or playing 30 pounds overweight <laughs> to get a trade out of Houston. I mean, you know, I mean, Kyrie's game is phenomenal. We've never seen anybody play like this kid. I mean, his bag is so deep. 
you know, and so different. And then KD, if it's a shootout, I don't, I, I'm just worried. I'm really worried. So I'm rooting for LA and I'm hoping that they get healthy and, and get it together and get that defense cracking because they're going to need it. Jesse Washington of the Undefeated. Make sure you check out his work there. Make sure you check out the documentary, The March on Washington, Keepers of the Dream. It's streaming now on Hulu. Jesse, a pleasure, man. Stay healthy, stay safe. Appreciate the time. Thank you, guys. Peace. Thank you, brother. Take care. On, dude. I can't find his dunk. I'm looking on his uh, Instagram. Man. And I, I don't see his dunk yet. You, you know how he said he didn't see the rim? We have to make sure that we see the, the ground with him and his dunk because it yeah. could be one of those <laughs> – we just Eight see it from him. exactly. We just see it from up top. So I got to check his work. So. All right, coming up next, we're going to give you a chance to win three hundred sixty bucks. If you haven't registered, you still got a couple of minutes. Text the word mission to four zero seven zero five. And also coming up next, some potential issues the Lakers are having without Anthony Davis on the floor that could be disturbing. Moving forward, we'll get to some of those things in just a moment. Stick around. Sedano, LZ, and Cap back in three minutes. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks, Chris. Today's name is Cecil Powell from Carson. That's Cecil Powell from Carson. So Cecil Powell from Carson, your mission is to call us back within 20 minutes at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, and you'll win 360 bucks if you call within the next 20 minutes. So we'll give you till 453. And if you win the 360, then you qualify to win up to 1,800. Everyone's rooting against you, except you and your friends and family. So if your friends and family of Cecil Powell and Carson, tell them to call 877-710-ESPN. This warning was brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. Visit SweetJames.com. It's the Mission 18 Cash Giveaway. Your chance at 180 bucks a day. And the grand prize of $1,800. So, Lakers-Nets yesterday, people are upset. You know how it goes in this business, Okay. When the team loses, there's way more people fired up to talk about them or just discuss them or listen about them than when they win, especially when they're a good team. Um, it's, the vi- it's vice versa when they're not a good team, when you're dealing with a team that's not as good. So that loss yesterday, albeit, as you've pointed out, LZ and Scott, there are reasons, real basketball reasons, why they lost that game. There are some things that people are looking at in these games without AD that could be concerning, right? So AD is going to be out four weeks now, at the minimum, according to Frank Vogel yesterday, okay? Dennis Schroeder is out indefinitely. And here's what I would say to that. Just because he's out for COVID protocols does not mean that he has COVID, okay? So it may not mean he's out for several weeks. It may not be the team. It's probably why the team has not had to quarantine and they haven't had to shut this thing down. I went through something similar when the Pelicans came to L.A. and they played the Clippers and Lakers on a Wednesday and a Friday. So Zion had an inconclusive test 
on Wednesday. And he had to sit that game out because he had like a false positive and whatever. Um, so he had a positive and a negative test. They were waiting for results for a third test that was more detailed and thorough. And that wasn't coming back till the next day. So he had to sit out. So that could be the case with Schroeder. Schroeder may or may not have COVID, LZ. Which is good news because it's not just simply having the virus. It's also any lingering effects from the virus. And we've seen, you know, a handful of all-star players struggle coming back from the virus. Um, so it's a good thing if he doesn't, not simply for the diagnosis, not simply because you don't want it obviously to spread throughout the franchise, but because we don't want it to negatively impact him for many weeks, if not months after the fact. Thing is, though, is that um, this, this AD situation now, knowing that he's going to be out for a month, um, you got to get used to it, right? I mean, th- yeah. this whole everything is different now. Because you have an idea of how long it's going to be. And frankly, you'll be lucky if he's back in a month. Probably should be thinking a little bit longer term, just worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And, and now you got to try and figure out how do you adjust what you do? Because you just saw one of the better teams, obviously. And Elsie, your point about how hot they were is right on. They couldn't miss a three and the Lakers couldn't hit one. But I got to admit, I've always been of the opinion like, well, if AD's out but LeBron is good, the Lakers are still the Lakers. I think last night might have been a little bit of a wake-up call, like don't be so naive. You know, I used to be one of these guys that would say, when Tyson fights, Tyson's going to knock somebody's head off. And then everybody would say, no, you don't get it. His skills are diminished. He's not who he used to be. It's a perception thing. My perception is the Lakers are fine as long as they have LeBron. That may not be the case. Yeah, well, I think AD is the cheat code, basically. And and if you look at the Lakers' offense, okay, look at their offensive efficiency when AD is on and off the floor this year, even in games that he's played, obviously. When when they are um, when he's on, they're a hundred and fifteen offensive rating. Like you're talking about best in the league, perhaps in that situation or close to it. Um, when he's off, it's hundred and six, which is in the bottom third of the league. So we saw this a little last year, uh, LZ where it was when LeBron was on and off the floor. Remember that it, it was he was kind of this catalyst and we were like, oh man, when LeBron's off the floor, everything kind of craters. And there there has been some of that to, you know, LeBron's been able to carry some of it, but a 106 offensive rating for the next month isn't going to cut it for the Lakers <laughs> to win basketball games. No, no, it won't. Um, but again, I don't expect them to go eight for 30 um, from three uh, for many of those games. Uh, the Lakers are a better shooting team than that. I do believe, um, Cap, that if this was a postseason game, LeBron would have gone full LeBron. He had it rolling yesterday. Not necessarily with his three-point shot. Obviously, he was one for six. But for the most part, he was able to do whatever the hell he wanted last night. Well, they basically baited everyone else into trying to beat them. Right, basically. Yeah. And LeBron decided, oh, I'm just going to get these here buckets. If LeBron wanted to go full LeBron, if that was a postseason game and he didn't have to worry about conservative energy or making sure everybody else was getting touched and things like that, he could have dropped 50 on them last night easily. I totally easily. agree. In fact, if you go back to the previous 10 games, he was averaging 26 points per game. And I said yesterday, he'll score 30-plus, which he did, because it was LeBron's night. But I, I want to say, is there possible, is it, I'll throw a theory at you guys, that LeBron's like, look, we don't have AD. Now, right before the game, we don't have Schroeder. 
you know what? Winning this game's really, really not a big deal. Everybody go out, do your thing. If it's our night, good for us, we win. If it's not our night, don't sweat it. It's no biggie. Let them think that it's a big deal. Let them go celebrate like they just won. Let them think they've got over on me because that's what, that's what they want. Um, we'll be back. We'll be okay. We'll see you guys later. We're not really that concerned. What do you think? I, I don't believe that, uh, and George, you know, obviously, you know, you know as well as I do. I don't believe that LeBron um, necessarily went into it thinking it is, it's no big deal, especially considering the way he interacted with Kyrie. I do believe, though, midway through the third quarter, he realized it wasn't going to be their night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he tried to keep him as competitive as possible, but he didn't overexert himself because it's still very early in the season. I, I, I literally felt as if, Le, if LeBron wanted to go full LeBron last night, he would have. It wasn't their defense that was stopping him from doing so. He just realized that they weren't going to win this game. It wasn't their night. And I have a season in which I'm going to have to carry this team until AD gets back, and I can't overexert myself over one game because of my ego. Uh, I think that there is some of that. I think he did want to come into the game, obviously, and win because I think that's what he wants to do every night. But, yeah, I think there comes a time where you're like, okay, you know what? I'm getting everything I can get, and they're daring my teammates to beat them, and my teammates don't have it tonight. So that's it. Like, there was literally a time in the game where he was, like, teaching Taylor Horton Tucker how to throw him an entry pass. So yeah. it's like that. Yeah. it was just one of those kind of nights. So I, I am with you on that. Um, but I, I do think this, man, I, I think that, This AD thing is going to be scary. It is going to be a bumpy road for this team. This isn't going to be as easy as I think some people thought. And I think that that is something that we all need to be cognizant of is that it will be far bumpier than we had anticipated because to Scott's point, it's a month right now. And I, I... you know, I think that's being cautious, right? Like, I think we, we, we need to expect that it could be longer. Than- right. I think it's being yeah. optimistic. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree. You know, when they first announced it, I thought he should have been out a month. Right. My no, no, for sure. Thoughts. For sure. So for sure. I, I know this is an issue. Yeah. I don't, what I don't know is how does Rob Palenka view this issue? Yeah, and that's something we could discuss on the other side. Plus, I want to get into some stuff in the NFL where quarterback contracts have become cautionary tales. So we'll get to that. But first, we got a winner! Cecil! Cecil Powell from Carson. Congratulations. You win $360 and qualify to win $1,800. Congrats, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Dude, did you hear your name get called? What were you doing? Explain. Um, I was actually with my kids, you know, doing a little virtual learning, a little homework, and I had just uh, cut it on about 30 minutes, 30 minutes ago. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I can get lucky. They say my name, say my name, and it actually came through. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What are we spending the money on? The kids, probably. There you go. (laughs) There you go. That's smart, Dad. That is is smart. There you go. Well, Cecil... Congratulations, man. We're going to put you on hold. Laura's going to take uh, any more info that she may need, but congrats, man, okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you. I love you guys' show. All right, man, thank you. We love you, too. wonder what he was listening on. He said he was working with the kids doing some schoolwork. You know, is he listening on his phone on the app? Yeah, or, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's probably listening listening on a radio, radio in the house, maybe, you know? Yeah, could be. Uh, LZ, before we go, I know you have something to say here real quick. Yes, 
that beautiful father and child moment was brought to you by mm-hmm. Sweet James Acting Attorneys. Visit sweetjames.com. Yeah, for sure. So uh, on Monday, we're back to giving 180 bucks. If you want to register to win some cash, text the word MISSION, M-I-S-S-I-O-N, to 407-05. Listen on Monday for your name. All right, coming up next, we'll get into the quarterback cautionary tales. We'll also continue this discussion because uh, LZ brought up a great point. Does Rob Palinka feel like maybe uh, there needs to be something that needs to be done here with this particular roster. We'll tackle all those things in just a moment. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Oh, Shakira. Shakira, I'm shaking right now. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the, the hip gyrations. You just can't see me. Just theater That's of the mind. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I've been rocking myself lately because my daughters are all like TikTok girls, you know, so they just know every dance on TikTok <laughs> and they're constantly, constantly TikToking these girls. So um, what happens is it just kind of rubs off on me because as I'm home all day, it's like me and my three daughters are all here. You know, they're all taking school. And uh, the next thing you know, dude, um, Elsie, I think you'd be quite impressed, frankly. Of your hip motion? Of my dance moves. Of the gyrations? The gyrations. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I feel like we need to see a video of this, and we should For be real. able to post this. For real. Yeah. I should show you guys what's going on. Okay. It is. Do it feel with free. some boxes and tag Jesse on it. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, you're yeah. on, LZ. You're yeah. on. I'm going to do it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you got it, man. Since, All right. since, so, since he likes judging people. <laughs> yeah, listen. I, hey, it's okay. Right. You said it to Jesse. Let him uh, – we can have him grade it too. Uh, if you missed Jesse Washington earlier – uh, you can always subscribe to the Sedano LZ and Cap podcast. By the way, coming up in 13 minutes, less than 13 minutes now, the president of your Los Angeles Dodgers, Andrew Friedman, is going to stop by. Uh, he had a big press conference today because Justin Turner became official. So we could talk to him about a lot of things, including the possibility of fans maybe being in the stands at Dodger Stadium this season. So we'll have a lot to discuss with him. But LZ, you discussed or you brought up Rob Palinka's name uh, in regards to our previous discussion. What What is it that you want to see from Rob Palinka or hear from Rob Palinka? Well, the same thing I've been wanting for, you know, since the middle of free agency, another big body. Now, I was happy that Marcus Gasol decided to join us, but we can't expect him to play 30 minutes for a month while AD sits and rests. No. No. So so we need to address it. And Montrez Harrell, who I really love, want to make sure that's clear. I think he's listed as six seven. He's probably like six six. He's a small forward playing a power forward listed as a center. That is not the way to, to, to shore up our front court. So he needs to find a way, either through the buyout market or through a trade, to find another big body to help us, particularly during the absence of AD. But even when AD is back, we still just need another big man. Yeah. Yeah, you think about how Dwight Howard, when he left, how most of us thought, well, okay, you know, he played a nice role last year. He was a good team guy. Good for him, you know. But, man, 
it just occurs to me now, and it's hindsight, of course, but how much you could use a guy like Dwight Howard right now. Yeah, but he stinks right now. Like, have you watched you know him play in Philly? He's no, been of so course. bad. No, George, no, the answer is no. No, no, no. I know, no. I know. You know You're saying, saying a guy like no. him. I get right. it. I get right. it. Yeah. The answer is no. Well, I haven't scouted him in all Philly. All the but- listeners know I was crying a river when Dwight Howard You were. Happened. You were Well, you were very upset because, if you recall, he tweeted out that he was coming back and then deleted it. Right. Right. And then it was then went right. to Philly ten you know an hour later. Or it just goes back we, to the point. We need though, that body, right? We th- need exactly. that body. Yep, that's right. It goes back to that point because, because you know you, you think about it going into the season, the the idea was okay, we'll have LeBron, we'll have AD, and it's it's as if well, what happens if AD were to get hurt? Oh no no no, he's going to be fine. He's young. We just gave him a lot of money. He's coming off this championship. He's feeling great. Like there was almost there was essentially no backup game plan for when he needs nights off, or if he were to have gotten hurt. Or at least the roster doesn't look like there was. So the buyout market will be interesting because I don't think – the Lakers – it's going to be tough to make trades because they're hard-capped, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the buyout market will be interesting. But, you know, how would you feel, LZ, if Andre Drummond gets bought out and he ends up being a Brooklyn net? How would that change your perception on them? Oh, then it's a wrap. They're going to win. Really? <laughs> like that simple? It's that simple. It's a wrap. The Nets, if the Nets get Andre Drummond, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Wow. So it's a race for Drummond is what you're saying. I mean, it, it is an, it's a race for that, for what he offers. Correct. And there's not a lot of people in the buyout market that's going to be able to do what he does. He's an elite level um, rebounder. Rim runner. Uh, rebounder, exactly. et cetera, yes. Et cetera, and he's fast. Yeah. He's still very – so in the pick and rolls, you can't exploit him. So it, it, if, if the Nets got him, it's a wrap. So if we got him, it's you know, then it's, 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 if we got him, it's not a wrap. No? But it's, no, no, it's not. But really? it is – no, I don't think so. Oh, I do. I don't think it's a wrap if we get Andre Drummond. I think you're right on both ends. I think if Andre Drummond goes, like, he's going to be the most coveted um, buyout guy if he gets bought out, right? And right. I, I think that, and normally buyouts don't reap, you know, uh, a lot of rewards. There's a few here and there. I remember Birdman going to play with LeBron and those guys. I think they went like 39 and three or something after he came in. Mm-hmm. Um, they were on that 27-game win streak. But the, Bird like Andre Man, the Dr- guy with all the tattoos yeah, all yeah, over his neck. Yeah, Chris yeah. Anderson, right? They, yeah. they went yeah. on a crazy run. They won like 40 games and lost like three after he came in, including that 27-game win streak they had. But like, I, I think Andre Drummond is way better, obviously, than Chris Anderson. And I, I think that wherever he goes, if it's one of those two, obviously, I shouldn't say wherever. Uh, if it's either of those two, I think those two are the winners. One of those two will be the winners. I, I think that the um, Andre Drummond joining the Lakers is still contingent upon the health of AD. If AD is 100% healthy, I feel really good about our chances. Okay. Gotcha. But if if the Nets get him, it's pretty much a wrap. And this is not just about a race to get Drummond. It's a race to get bigger. And both teams could use another big man. And a big man of Andre Drummond's caliber um, is almost like cheating. All right, here's the deal. We can w- Let's get back to this in the 5 o'clock hour um, because there's a lot to discuss here. And I know people want to weigh in on these conversations at 877-710-ESPN. So if you want to line up, uh, feel free to do that. 
Andrew Friedman, the president of your Los Angeles Dodgers, is going to join us in just a few moments. Make sure you stick around for that. We got what you need to know in between there as well. Sedano, LZ, and Cap, back in three minutes.